Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Uh, last week, if you weren't here, we uh, talked about discipleship. And we defined or redefined, not necessarily in a re-way, what discipleship was. Because usually when people hear the word discipleship, their immediate thought is there's some program that I need to go through, some class that if I hit this program and I do this class, by the time I get through, I have been discipled. And now that I have been discipled, I am a disciple. And I wanted to get us to a place to say that if that's your view of discipleship, it's a very small part of what discipleship actually is. Because in the time of Jesus... A disciple was basically a follower, and not just a follower like you would follow a sports team, but actually an imitator. So that when Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, what he was telling them was, I want you to hang out with me, but I want you to watch me, and I want you to watch me closely. And as you watch me closely, learn the things that I am teaching you by what I say and what I do, so that you can say those same things and do those same things as well. So when the disciples, and we'll be talking about this when we head into our August prayer focus, when the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray, and then he gives them that prayer, what he's saying is, imitate this, follow this. So we wanted to get to a place where we said that discipleship, or being a disciple, is actually imitating Christ. It's not a plan. It's not a program. It's not something that the church does. It's actually something that the church is or should be. So discipleship is imitating Christ. Now, the cool thing is, as we sit there and say, okay, I'm a disciple. God has called me to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to examine the way Jesus lived, and I'm going to say the things that he said and do the things that he did and imitate that. That's good, but there is another part, I think, that follows the whole, and uh, for lack of a better word, discipleship process. And that is the part where we begin to say to other people, follow me or imitate me like I imitate Christ. And that's where I want to take us to today because my fear is sometimes that it's usually a Christian's relationship with Jesus, and that's where it stays. Jesus and me. But Jesus blesses us for a reason, and that is to pass it on to other people. God calls us into his family that we might proclaim the riches of his mercy and his grace. So it doesn't stop with us just imitating Jesus, the way he prays or the way he talks, but imitating Jesus completely by the way he serves and the fact that he came to seek out and save that which was lost or to proclaim God's message to other people. So it's Jesus saying, follow me. And then Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ, saying to Timothy, the things that I have said to you in the presence of many, pass on to others who will pass on to others. So that eventually the understanding of discipleship is that each and every one of us, as we follow Jesus, are imitating him in such a way that people are imitating us. And it might be passed on from generation to generation. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 
And we're going to do a little bit of hopping around, but we're going to look at verse 2 specifically just to start it off for us. Paul writing Timothy, probably his last letter before he goes to meet Jesus in heaven. And he's giving him these final instructions. And, and here in this verse, in this sentence for Paul, he says, And the things you have heard me, Timothy, say, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Now, a specific understanding of this passage is that the pastor, Apostle Paul, is speaking to the pastor, Timothy, hoping that he will also raise up elders and pastors as well. But if you leave it only at that, you miss the fuller picture of what Scripture is talking about when Jesus says, go and make disciples, or go and make followers, or go and make imitators of me. So what Paul basically is saying is, listen, Timothy, for this way, the way, the way of following Jesus to continue to move forward throughout the world, you have to pass on what you have heard me say. And we're going to get to a place where we're also going to see where Paul says, you also have to pass on the life example that I have. Because part of imitating Jesus encompasses our beliefs. So when Paul says, and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others, what Paul is saying is there is a body of beliefs that anyone who follows Jesus must have. You must pass on a theology. You can't just simply walk around and say, God loves every one of us, and that's a beautiful thing. That's not discipleship. If you read the letter of Paul, you read something like Romans, and for 11 chapter, Paul goes on and on explaining sin and justification and how we become holy and pure and how God has called us to be a part of his family. And in chapter 12, he says, Therefore, meaning in light of the 11 chapters that I have shared with you, I'm now going to give you five chapters of how you need to live. So there are things that you have to believe. So the things that I have taught you, pass them on. It's the same thing in Ephesians. For the first three chapters, Paul says, here you have been adopted into God's family, and, and here you were once um, objects of his wrath, but now in the richness of his mercy and grace, he has raised you up with Christ and seated you with him in the heavenly realms. And now you're one body, Jews and Gentiles, once formerly enemies. Now you are close knit family. And now, therefore, in light of these great things God has done, walk worthy and ultimately stand firm. So when we're talking about imitating Jesus, we're also talking about imitating certain things that need to, believed, need to be believed and understood. Now, the frightening thing about this is you might be sitting there going, oh my goodness, I don't really know seminary level type theology and how am I going to pass that on to people? I'm stuck. I, I, I think what is Paul is ultimately saying is not, hey, Timothy, now that you've gone to seminary, teach other seminarians. What he's saying is, as you have seen me teach God's word, pass on what you have learned to the next generation so that they may pass on to the next generation. All you need to do then, in a sense, is listen, whether it's here on Sunday or whether you listen on the radio 
to what God's messengers are saying and then pass it on to the next generation. Does that make sense? So now discipleship is no longer I have to go to seminary. Discipleship is I need to hear God's word, what God's word is saying to me, and then I either pass it on to my friends or I pass it on to my children or I pass it on to someone else because the next generation needs to know what they need to believe. So here I am imitating Christ, passing on the message that he has heard from God, which is all you who are weary and heavy burdened come to me. And all we're doing is passing on what God has spoken to our hearts to another person. It can be in your community group. Sometimes when we think of discipleship, the unfortunate thing is we look at it as superior to inferior. I know something that you don't know, and I'm going to tell you this so that now you will follow after this. And when we get into a community group setting, we all sit around the circle and we expect the community group leader to be the very person to tell us how to live out our faith in a daily world rather than each and every one of us getting together as disciples, imitating Christ and speaking into the lives of one another based on the things that God has spoken into our lives. What has God said? What is God pointing out? And passing that on. So in a sense, we can actually spend time in our community groups discipling one another because discipleship is not a program. It is not necessarily the superior speaking to the inferior. It is the family of God on a journey together, learning how we can imitate Christ in our daily lives. That's discipleship. And that's how we pass it on. There is no program. There is no certification. There is no degree that you need in order to disciple other people. The only thing that we need to do is to be able to be imitatable. So Paul says, and the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men will also be qualified to teach others. <clears throat> Let's move on. Can we put up uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 and Philippians 3.17? I'm just going to read 3.17, but they're both up there. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And then in Philippians 3.17, Paul says, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern that we gave you, which is basically what I've been trying to tell you so far. Here's the cool thing about this. What Paul is saying is, listen, follow me as I follow Christ. And what I think is really cool about that is not that he is proud. At least I don't think he is. He's not saying I'm the greatest apostle who has ever lived. So follow me because I know how to live this life. It would be like if I were up here and I said, follow me because everyone knows the best pastor in this church is me. So you want to follow me. Now, that's not what Paul's saying. And if I were to say that, that would also be wrong as well. Pastor Jared is, right? <laughs> You're on sabbatical, so you didn't hear that. <laughs> Seriously. What Paul is teaching us is this. I am not going to live my life looking for reasons or excuses as to why I don't follow Jesus. Have you ever heard someone say, don't look at me. Look to Jesus. This is what they're saying. My life is screwed up and I could care less. I'm going to live however I want to live 
So don't look at me, look at Jesus, because his life is not screwed up. It's a rationalization to live a life that is not worthy of the calling that we have. Not always, but many times. What Paul is saying is, listen, it is not easy to follow Jesus, and we know that. But as I press on, as I press in, as I seek him, as I seek his face, as I seek his hand of favor, that even in my failings, my failures, my faults, my everything, I still want you to look at me because the call of God on each and every one of us is to follow Jesus, which means to imitate him. No ifs, no ands, no buts. So if you're at work and somebody says, are you a Christian? You're not saying I'm someone who believes a set of doctrine, which does make you a Christian. But a Christ follower is someone who says, I follow Jesus. I imitate him so that when you look at me, the hope is that you see me. Yes, but see me as I'm following Christ, as I'm imitating him. Anything less, as Paul would say, is not living this life, this calling in a worthy manner. Discipleship. So Paul says, please. Join with others, I'm not the only one doing this, in following my example and following Christ. Take note of those who live according to the pattern that we give to you. What's this pattern? It's a lifestyle. It's an all-in lifestyle that says we are going to follow Jesus. We are going to learn the words of Jesus. We are going to observe the actions of Jesus. And not in real life because obviously Jesus has died. He has risen and ascended into heaven at this point. But what he's saying is the examples of Jesus that you're going to see in our lives. But here, and this is crucial, is by being an example. That's discipleship. One of the things that I really like about Harvest, I really enjoy about Harvest, and maybe not everybody does, is the fact that we actually have the children with us in worship. And the reason for that is because we want our children to see what it is like to worship God through song, to be able to express that. So I'm going to be honest with you, but I was in tears this morning as I'm watching our little two-year-old Jenny doing those little songs. She's raising her hands and she's doing all the, I can't even do that stuff. But to me, it's really cool because you know why she's doing it? Because she's being discipled by a seven-year-old and uh, at least eight or seven, at least all seven. So two seven-year-olds are doing the same thing while they're standing to two 30-somethings, right? You guys are about 30-somethings <laughs> next to them. 20-something from a 30-something, right? That's discipleship. It is an example. You don't have to go to seminary to do that. You just have to love God and want to imitate him. You raise your hands if that's what you like to do. You don't raise your hands. It doesn't matter. That's not the issue. The fact is that there's something there that is worthy of following because it is an expression of love towards God. That's following Christ. You can be seven years old. Now, somebody might be saying, well, are they really discipling her? But you're learning how to follow Christ. That's disciple. It's following examples. You say, well, hey, wait a minute. So does that mean I have to be a parent? Do I have to be a parent in order to disciple? Because even as parents, you must recognize that every day you disciple your kids. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. But you are teaching them how to follow Jesus. 
In fact, as I've expressed with you, my wife often tells me I'm not being a good Christian when we watch sports with my kids because my mouth is so vile. Okay, I'm discipling them. I'm teaching them the wrong thing. I'm teaching them when they watch sports how not to imitate Christ. Not excusable, not acceptable. But I tell you that because I don't want you to sit there and think that you have to be perfect or that you have to be a pastor or that you have to be a parent, which is three Ps and was unplanned, which is a U with a P. What you need to be is an imitator of Jesus. That's it. No ifs, no ands, no buts. That's why last week we talked about what does it mean to imitate Jesus? It means having that heart of compassion, the heart that breaks when you see injustice, when you see something that's wrong. And and might I say, in a strange way, the heart of compassion that breaks, even though a man may walk into a movie theater, kill 12 people and injure many others by his foolishness, a sense of compassion says, why? Because it's not only him that is out there, but there are many others who are out there and who is going to help them. The church can, hopefully, with a heart of compassion that looks at those who are on the fringe, who may be in that place that might want to do something like that, when someone comes along, like a Jesus, who reaches out their hand with compassion and touches their leprosy and says, be healed. That is discipleship. It is imitating Jesus. It is being the type of person that says, look at me. Not because I'm great, but look at me that in the midst of who I am, as I follow Jesus, you might actually see Jesus. It's why I like the fact that when Harvest goes to Tuba City, we bring kids. Now, mind you, I I don't enjoy bringing the little ones because they're a little bit harder, but we bring them because we want them to see what it means when Jesus said, go. When Jesus said, go, he didn't say just adults those of you that have finally gotten to that place where you're in your 40s and 50s and your career is set, now you can go, which is not to say gender in your 40s or your 50s because you're still in your 20s too, right? No, it is understanding that discipleship is imitating Jesus. The absolutely most difficult thing that you could ever do in life. And, and sometimes you hear, you know, like being a Christian, it's a crutch. Uh, being a Christian, you know, you guys need God. You never do anything for yourselves. No, we're not saying that. Because when we are pursuing him, it is not an easy path to pursue perfection. It is a struggle, and we strive. And so this week as uh, I was sitting at the office, Pastor Dave came into the office, and he made a very good point that I think that is well taken and one that we need to take. is last week, if we went from here thinking... All I need to do is just let the life of Jesus come out of me. We miss the full point of discipleship. Because the mysterious thing about spiritual growth and being a disciple and being like Jesus is I am honestly convinced that I am not sure how it happens. I only know that it happens. I have an idea as to how, but I don't fully understand. So let me share with you something about how I think that we can imitate Christ in such a way that people will look at us because we are encouraging them to look at us because we want them to see Jesus in us. Turn to First Corinthians or Second Corinthians. <clears throat> Chapter three. 
Verse 18. And this is all the things that Paul is saying. These are beliefs that are turning into behaviors. And he says in verse 18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is of the spirit. How do we change? The idea here that Paul's trying to communicate is then that when you are looking with an unveiled face, there is a, a sense of pursuit. It is a looking. It is a deep consideration. It is a thinking. It is not a passing glance. But it is, is a deep, settled down, I am here, I am engaged, I am interacting with God. It is when you seek God in that manner, God reveals himself He shows you his glory, and that glory is what transforms or changes you. One of the things I think that made Jesus imitatable was the fact that he knew God's word, and he prayed a lot. And the thing that scares me about myself and much of the Christianity that exists not only in our church, but in much of America is that we have tons of excuses and rationalizations as to why we cannot sit down with God, engage him in his word and pray. It is, I am too busy. I am too tired. I am too this. I don't need that. You don't understand this. You don't understand that. And we wonder why are we not changing? We are not changing because, like Paul has said, to change, to be transformed, to be made into the image of God requires us to engage with God in his word. If you are not in God's word, reading, meditating, in fact, taking it a step further and memorizing, God is limited, in a sense, not by his own power, but by your availability to transform you into the likeness of Christ. The goal of following Jesus is to be like Christ. The only way to be like Christ is to be in the presence of Christ, allowing his presence to change you, which is only going to happen when you spend time in his word and pray. There's just no other way. I'm sorry. There's no pill, no quick, easy process program or certification that goes, you have arrived. And this is a continual process. Because the reality is, when we stop, the glory fades like it did off of Moses' face. So we walk away with this sense of impossibility before us. Because Jesus says, follow me. And when he says that, what he's saying is, be like me. Imitate me. Do the things I did. Say the things I said. We come back with the response that I cannot do that. It's beyond me. The response of Paul is, yes, you can. And here's how. How that all happens, I don't know. But it happens when you seek God. And you study, embrace, get into his word, and spend time praying, dialoguing, allowing that life to change you. That's the way we learn how to imitate people. That's the way we're different. One of the nice things about having a two-year-old, even though I don't like the Wiggles, it is really cool to see the way she imitates the Wiggles. Um, she'll be uh, on her bed and she'll be doing dance party, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know if you, you know, like, that's kind of what they look like. That's why I don't really like the Wiggles. And they, but at least they can sing. I can't. So that's even worse. 
But to see a child embrace that and be changed. Why is she changed by the wiggles? Because she's engaged with them and she's watching them and she's imitating them and she's learning. And that's no different than following after Christ. It is watching him. It is being with him. It is embracing who he is and what he's done in our lives and expressing that. That's discipleship. That is how the church is supposed to be living. Not in our own strength, because we know in our own strength we can't do it. And not to leave here and say, well, you know what? Listen, I'm supposed to imitate Christ, and I'm supposed to pass it on to the next generation. Whether it's my kid or somebody else's kid doesn't make a difference. And I would like to say for those of you that are single, trust me, the kids in this church are watching you. And they're learning from you. So enough, you're running around and whatever you're running around with and how you dress. Trust me, they're watching that. And, you know, as a parent, it's hard to hear your kids say, well, if so-and-so can wear it, how come I can't? What's the response? Well, well, they're not a Christian. I can say that, but then I'm slamming somebody in my church, right? Imitation. Every one of us is being watched by somebody. Other than the government, which, of course, we can erase that now because I don't want the IRS coming to my front door. Does this make sense? You are discipling people. And I'm going to paint it a little black and white because I'm up here. You're discipling people in two ways. One is you're teaching people how to have religion. You're teaching people how to come to church and be one thing and go home and do another thing. That's discipleship. It's not the right discipleship, but that is what you are doing. Or you are discipling in a way that sees Jesus for who he is. And you imitate that as best as you can, not in your strength, but in his strength, because you are with him in his presence through the word and prayer, allowing his presence to change you. It requires you to do something in response. God will do something. It's not just let go and let God. And hopefully that is the discipleship that you have for your children, for your neighbors, for your co-workers, for your peers here at church or peers somewhere else at church. Because each and every day you are making choices and decisions in your own strength as to whether or not you will imitate Jesus. We all fail. I stand here today not saying that I am better than you because I have at least four witnesses from my family that can say I fail frequently. But that does not excuse us to say because I am weak, I give up, I quit. For Paul has called us based on the call of Jesus, based on the call from the Father to follow, to imitate, to come and be with Christ Let his life transform us because we have been crucified with Christ. We believe that. And it's no longer my life that I live, but his life in me that is expressed in the power of the spirit when I spend time with God. No ifs, no ands, no buts. So let me finish with this. This is a quick summary. What is discipleship? What does it mean to be disciple? Imitation, the imitation of Christ. 
That is the call for each and every one of us to imitate Jesus. In turn, then, to be imitatable so that those who are around us and are behind us see not us, but Jesus. Not because we are great people, but because he is a great God who has a great desire to show people who he is, that they might know him. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, though we know and confess weakness, forgive us for the all too many times that we've used that as an excuse to do things our own way. Jesus, we opened up worship with the call to understand that you are the center of everything. That's just too big for us to grasp. Too hard to imagine that you came and walked among us and died for us to extend love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, kindness. So we ask, may on our parts we seek your face and on your part transform us as you reveal your glory to us. May we be different, not because we are super people, but because you are a God who moves and changes the lives of people. Father, forgive us for accepting mediocrity in following you. Forgive us for just accepting being religious people. Instead, Father, wherever we're at today, no matter where we're at today, may this moment, this time, be a time where we take a step forward following you. And may many steps follow after that we, Father, might get to that place. We're spending time with you in your word and prayer. It's not an obligation or a duty, but it's a place where you turn to us and say, leave. You've been here long enough. Now go and proclaim the greatness, the mercy, and the riches of who your father is. Father, I would pray even as we head into August that prayer is not seen as a focus alone, but as an opportunity to refocus on you who matters so much to us, whether we know it or not, whether we recognize it or not, that our lives may be seen as lives where Jesus is imitated freely and fully with joy. May we be filled with that joy as we enjoy you. Even now. What I'd like us to do is just take a few minutes before we start singing a little bit. And I'd like us to get to that place where we look and we ask ourselves, am I at a place where I can confidently in Christ turn to people around me and say, follow me as I follow Jesus. I'm not asking this to shame you and guilt you alone. But 
distract us from our numbness, our religiosity. So that we are transformed by the grace of God. That compassion is what flows from our hearts when we see pain and injustice in the world that we live in. Where our desire is to surrender all to Jesus, even when it means giving up something we really love. To see that, as Paul said, is but rubbish and trash in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. To get to a place where, like Jesus, where prayer is seen as a joy, the place to be, not a place to be, but the place to be. And even if it means that we get to a place where we confess our weakness because we mean it. And to open ourselves up fully and completely to see God for who he is and allow him to change us. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.